Hello and welcome to this podcast is rigged with JW Riggs. I have a great guest today, uh, Bill Thompson. He, you might have seen him on TikTok. He's known as the grandfather of TikTok, which I think that's awesome. But uh, he started in radio in 1973. And from 1985 to 2014, uh, he interviewed a lot of awesome people. He interviewed thousands of authors, celebrities, sports stars, uh, etc. So, uh, and now he has a podcast called Now I've Heard Everything. And it gives him the chance to introduce all those old interviews to a new audience. So, um, but I'm so excited that we get to do this interview. Uh, I hope you're excited as well, Bill. I am indeed. Thank you, JW. I really appreciate the chance. Um, so I know you probably get asked this a lot, but how did you get into radio? Actually, it was almost by accident. Uh, in 1973, I was still in high school. And it turned out a friend of mine worked at the radio station, a very, very tiny little radio station in a tiny little town in northern Illinois. And it turned out the station needed another disc jockey, a part-time disc jockey. Asked me if I'd wanted to come up and, and try out for it. Sure. And so uh, a couple of days later, I had an on-air, which is very rare, on-air disc jockey job. I was 17 years old. They paid me a buck and a half an hour, but I had my own show. It even said on the log, The Bill Thompson Show. I was, oh, that was, it was like, it was, uh, I think it was an hour and a half or two and a half hours after school every day. Oh, it was fantastic. But I quickly discovered if you want to be a disc jockey, you need a personality. <laughs> I, don't, I don't have one. So a few months later, there was a, another station across town. We only had two stations in town. Went across town where I became a news person because they didn't have disc jockeys. They just had automated reels of tape. And so the only thing you could do there was news. So I did news and that's how I got into news and stayed for the next 44 years. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I mean, do you have any advice for people like me who, well, I'm 16 and I'm still trying to figure out, I really want to go into radio, but I also want to be, I'm also thinking about being a preacher following in my brother's footsteps with that. So do you have any, uh, any suggestions or anything for people like me who are still a teenager, but wanting to get into radio? Well, actually, let me tell you this. I would say, keep your options open because when I was your age, when I was 16, I actually wanted to be a lawyer. I, I, even, I even bought a little pocket dictionary of legal terms so I could start studying ahead of time because I'd watched a lot of TV you know, lawyer shows and I thought, I, yeah, that's what I want to do. And then got into radio and that kind of changed. But sometimes careers can overlap. Like, you know, if you want to get into preaching, hello, you need strong communication skills to do that. And that's what radio is all about. So you really got, it, it's almost like you can do both things at once. And there's a lot of uh, very good uh, religious programming on the radio. Uh, there's no reason you can't do both. Um, thank you. I've, I mean, uh, I've always, radio has always kind of caught my eye with that stuff. So I don't know. I'm uh, I'm still thinking I have, I graduate in two years. So. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that's the thing. You've got plenty of time to decide. Don't you don't, you don't need to lock yourself into any one particular career path. You, you know, keep your options open. Thank you. I've also uh, another career I've thought of is stand up 
uh, stand-up comedy is I just want to make people smile. So mm-hmm. that's my thing. So. Well, there's a very good friend of mine from high school, and we're still friends after all these years. He was, his father was a very prominent Chicago broadcaster. And so my, my friend, his name is Taylor Mason. Taylor had a, uh, a, 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 a future in radio if he wanted. It was paved, the way was paved for him. But he decided he'd rather go into comedy. And he actually is ventriloquist. He actually won, if you remember the old show Star Search from years, years and years ago, he won that. Uh, and now he's a ventriloquist, but he's very clean. He, does, he plays to a lot of Christian audiences. Uh, I mean, he's, he's uh, family friendly and one of the funniest guys on the planet. Uh, Taylor Mason is his name. And uh, so, again, you can do two or three different things at once. Um, but no, I'm, I'm definitely looking into all three of those. Mm-hmm. Um, now, uh, my next question, who is your favorite person that you've been able to interview? Because you've interviewed a lot of awesome people. You've interviewed Stan Lee, uh, Barack Obama, just to name a few. Yeah, no, uh, and, and you're right. Both of those are among my, my top 10 list. Everybody always asks, well, who was your favorite? And it's sort of, it's, it's like picking which one of your children you like best. <laughs> you know? um, there, are, there are so many. Uh, actually, one of my all-time favorites, I just included on Now I've Heard Everything this past week, David Cassidy, who your older listeners may recognize. He was a member of the Partridge family, that old TV show, and he was a teen idol back in the 70s. When I interviewed him in the late 90s, he was obviously middle-aged, very introspective, very sensitive, super intelligent and it was just one of my all-time favorite interviews and sometimes it's something just random like that you didn't i didn't expect that but that was a it was a terrific interview i I got a lot out of that um but uh i sort of know about david cassidy because my parents they grew up in the 70s and 80s so Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) i'm sure i'm sure i'm sure your mom knows who david cassidy was Yes, oh, yes. He, he, every, every teenage girl in the 70s had a poster of David Cassidy on the wall somewhere. Uh, well, uh, my mom was, uh, she was a teenager in the 80s, but of course she grew up in the 70s and 80s. Mm-hmm. So she said when she grew up, when she was a teenager, it was more like posters of like Patrick Swayze. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yep, yep. Um, so now, let's see. Um. What's like the most interesting interview that you've ever had with somebody? Boy, again, there's a, there, there, there have been a couple of them, and this sounds strange. There were a couple of interviews I didn't expect to have. Um, I don't know if you've ever heard there, there's, um, uh, all right, now, and now I'm having a senior moment, and I can't remember the exact details of this particular moment. There's, a, there's an author from many years ago named Kurt Vonnegut. And Kurt Vonnegut wrote all sorts of novels that we studied in high school and college for, for many years. Kurt Vonnegut's like a legend, almost, almost a mythical figure. He happens to be married to a professional photographer who's published several books, and I was scheduled to interview her one day. So, you know, the receptionist tells me, oh, yeah, you, uh, your, your next guest is here. So I go out to the lobby, and here's this woman sitting there, and I recognized her. But there's this old guy sitting next to her. <laughs> I, thought, I thought, wait a minute. And she said, she introduced herself and she says, and this is my husband, Kurt Vonnegut. And it's like, oh <laughs> my gosh, Kurt 
Vonnegut. And now I didn't want to be rude to her because it was her interview. And I didn't want to say, oh, please come back, come back come to the studio. I want to interview you instead. So I didn't have to say that because she just turned to him and she said, honey, why don't you come on back with us? I'm thinking, yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> so we did the interview and I, bless her heart, I interviewed her about her book because that's what she was there for. But the whole time I'm kind of looking at him, looking at him. And, and finally, you know, they both realized, okay, ask him some questions. And I got to ask Kurt Vonnegut some questions. It was one of the highlights of my whole I just, I, I, was, I was floating after that. Another real, real, real quick one. I'll tell you, uh, fast forward a few years, I was covering the National Book Festival, which up until recently, they used to help hold on the National Mall in Washington uh, in late, right around now, late September every year. Uh, they don't do it anymore because of COVID and all that kind of stuff. But one year I was, uh, I was just standing in the media tent waiting for an author to come by for me to interview. Uh, and I glanced over to the side and walking along, I saw this guy, I thought he looked kind of familiar. Then I realized, my gosh, that's Dustin Hoffman. And yeah, I mean, you know, he's a very famous actor from the '60s and '70s, the '80s. Uh, you know, uh, all he's been in all kinds of movies. And so I ran over to him and I said the stupidest thing you can ever say to any celebrity. You know what I said to him? I said, "Are you? Who I think you are." <laughs> I, here, here's my tip. If you ever get a chance to meet or interview a celebrity, don't start by saying, are you who I think you are? That's the dumbest thing. But luckily he was very gracious. He didn't want to attract a lot of attention. So we had to be very, you know, non, you know, just kind of casually, oh, we're just talking here. There's a couple of guys in the National Mall just talking. Uh, and he gave me about a, about a minute and a half interview, which is about all I expected. But he was so so cool about it. And again, I wasn't expecting it. And I went back to the media tent. I'm just, I'm floating. I'm thinking, I told everybody, I said, you know who I just interviewed? You know who, you know who I just, you know who I just interviewed? <laughs> so it's, mo it's moments like that that really, that really make, make my day. Um, no, that's really cool. Dennis Hoffman's always been one of my favorite actors. So, um, but um, is there any moment in your career that's just like you think about it and you just laugh about it? Like something really funny happened or something like that? I've embarrassed myself in front of some authors and some celebrities sometimes besides Dustin Hoffman. Uh, <laughs> and, and I think back on those moments, and I think, you know, it was probably a lot bigger deal to me at the time than it was to them at the time. Cause when you're a celebrity, you meet all kinds of really strange people. And so on the, on the, on the scale of strangeness, I'm probably pretty low, <laughs> even, even though it was embarrassing to me. So, you know, it's just, all those things will be in my book someday is what I, is what I usually say. <laughs> um, but uh, now let's talk about TikTok for a second. I think that's awesome what you're doing on TikTok. How, uh, do you mind explaining that what happened with TikTok and how you became the grandfather of TikTok? <laughs> Yes. Well, I actually, I've been on TikTok a little over a year. I got my wife and I each got new phones uh, last summer, summer of 2019. And of course, you know, new phones come pre-installed with all sorts of software. So I'm going through to find out what kind of things I can delete. And a thing come across this thing called TikTok. And I thought, sounds like maybe a word game or something. So I opened it up to see, well, all right, maybe I'll just, I, I play word games. And I quickly discovered it's no word game. <laughs> just, I saw these little videos. And at first I thought, why would anyone watch a 15 second? What is this? And then the more I watched it, the more I thought, Hey, I could do that. So I started making little stupid little videos. And at first I had like 10 followers and then I had a hundred and then I had 150 and I was kind of stuck there. And then last fall, I don't know if you remember last November, 
was they were calling it no nut November, which is yeah, okay. <laughs> and I thought, all right, I love puns. So I thought, hmm, that kind of sounds like donut November. And so I made, I made a stupid, my, my first, the first video that I made that kind of quote blew up. I showed myself, I'm sitting in front of a stack of donuts and I'm saying, well, I'm sure I'm sure. I'm sorry to see this month. end. I've really enjoyed donut November. <laughs> and then, you, and then I'm saying like, what? It's what? What, what is no, no, what? <laughs> it, it, it kind of blew up. And then after that, I started making a couple more that, that, that got even more attention. Soon I had like, you know, 50, 60,000 followers. And it was about that time that a couple of people would start to comment. They'd say, oh, you remind me so much of my grandpa. Would you be my honorary grandpa? And I'd always say, yeah, sure. Okay. Yeah, I'd love to. And I started getting so many of those that I made a, a video this past spring. And I just said, uh, you know, looking in the camera and I said, look, <laughs> I'm so honored and so, you know, dignity. You know, so, so uh, what do I want to say? So, so blessed to have all of you people who want to be my honorary grandchildren. You want to be my, I said, so listen, here's my, my open invitation to you. If you don't have a grandpa, maybe he died. Maybe he walked out on you. Maybe you never knew him in the first place. Yeah. I'll, I'll, I'd be thrilled to be your honorary grandpa. I got, I'm not kidding, thousands of either comments or direct messages or whatever. And, and it just, it, it, it blew up. I mean, quickly, I surpassed 100,000 followers in them up to 120, then I'm up to 140. And it just, it just, it goes on and on. Finally, I started an email so that people could write to me because you can't say much in a four lines comment on TikTok. And I'm now getting multi-page letters from people pouring their hearts out and sending me pictures of them and their grandpa and, and all this. It's it just, I, I, I can't believe, first of all, how, how hungry young people are for the, the companionship or the friendship of somebody older than them. But also, I just can't believe the, the sad stories that, I mean, you wouldn't believe me if I told you some of the things that people have told me in these private letters, the, the, what has gone on with, with them and their families and their health and their kids and their jobs. And I, I just, I, I feel so bad for a lot of these people, but all, sometimes all they need is somebody older to say, it's going to be all right. You're okay. Uh, things will work out. Don't worry. Um, but I mean, Right at the time that I saw that video, I was really missing my grandfather. So, I mean, I I mean, every time I'm down or anything, I just watch your videos and that cheers me up. So. Well, apparently I remind a lot of people of their own grandpa. And in some cases, I mean, like the things that I say or the way I look or, or even just the way I, I move. So I'm, I'm, I am thrilled and delighted and just so honored and and so so humbled by the fact that people will put that kind of trust and and admiration and affection for me it's just it's quite a responsibility actually uh i think actually when i saw that video um i saw it i think i saw it in june so i saw it a little bit after everybody else did i think but uh so <laughs> i actually saw it around the time of the anniversary of my uh grandfather on my mom's side uh, my papa as we all called him uh of the anniversary of his death oh, so the ninth yeah. anniversary so that kind of and then that but your videos really cheer me up sometimes oh well thank you i, I appreciate that and 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 I, and I do hear from a lot of people who who say i just lost my grandpa last week 
or, you know, he, he just died two months ago or something. I'm thinking, wow, for those people, the loss is still so fresh. Uh, I, my, my heart just goes out to them. Um, but uh, the cool thing was um, when it, it was really when my grandfather died, though, there was a lot of uh, people who were very close to my parents who stepped in and, and basically became my honorary grandfather. So mm-hmm. that's really cool. So, mm-hmm. yeah, no, I, I, I think, you know, there's, there's this common myth that young people don't really want to have anything to do with older people. You know, and, and the way, the way some, someone your age defines old is like 30 and up. <laughs> you know? But I think, I think that's a myth. Uh, I, I, I can't tell you how many, and, and I get emails and comments from people of all ages, ranging from 14, 15, 16, all the way on up to people in their 50s who still miss their grandpa. And, you know, I'm not, I'm not that much older than them. So a lot of them, I've, I've told them, well, I'm, I'll, I'll be your older brother. <laughs> you know? uh, but it, it just, there, there's, there's a hunger for intergenerational connection that I think a lot of us have, have taken for granted. Um, but no, I always, I, I, I'm always, people always call me an old soul, especially at church and stuff, because Yes, of course, I have friends that are my age, but it seems like every time someone's walking by, I'm talking to someone, let's say, in their 60s or 70s, or we have an old man who, uh, at church, who just passed away last uh, last June, or this past June, where he was in his 90s, and I talked to him every Sunday, and we would talk on the phone when we weren't at church and stuff, so that was... I bless your heart for doing that because there's, I, I remember when I was 14, 15, 16, there was an old gentleman in our church and we, we got to, he and I got to form this kind of informal deal where every Sunday we'd make sure we sat in the same pew and every Sunday we'd share a hymnal. I mean, we would open it up and we would sing from the, from the same page. And sometimes he would pick it up and share it with me. Sometimes I'd pick it up and share it with him. But we just had this. And we never talked about it. We said, hey, I'll see you on Sunday at 9 a.m. No, it was just we just knew. And, and, it was, and just like you were saying, it, it, it's, it's one of those things where um, you just have this, this odd connection, but, but it's so powerful. Well, and I mean, I always grew up with my parents saying, oh, respect older people, respect everybody, but especially you don't, I mean, with the thing is people in their 80s and 90s, they've seen more than probably anybody that I could talk to like in their 20s or 30s. So, mm-hmm. let, so yeah, it's just like that. I mean. And I grew up, I'm, I've always been extremely close to all my grandparents, but my grandmother, my grandmom, as I call her, she, uh, she's always been one of my best friends. I could just talk to her about anything. And we would go and see movies. Okay, we probably shouldn't have seen X-Men together when I was eight. But <laughs> <laughs> I took, I, a couple of years ago, I took my granddaughter uh, to... Um, uh, uh, Oz was that quote? You know the, the 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 remake that they did of the Wizard of Oz. Um, you know the, with um, I can't remember who all was in it, but it was a fun movie, and uh, and she had a good time. And then we went. You know we, it was a movie theater at the mall, so we went walked through the mall and bought this and that and the other thing and had a nice conversation. And it's just you know it, it's it's times like that that you really form those bonds. And I think there's a I think there's a a special bond between grandparent and grandchild that does it's different from 
parent and child. You know, when you're when you're a parent, and I speak as as a parent, uh, your relationship with your kids is very special. Of course, you love your kids, but there's a different kind of relationship when you're a grandparent, and you don't necessarily live in the same house, and and you don't have to. You know, grandparents get to spoil their grandkids in a way, but there's also it. it, it, it there's just enough degree of separation there so that like you were saying you can tell an older person something you might not tell your parents not because there's anything wrong but just it's, it's like having a different kind of friend a different you know, I, i'm not explaining it very well but i think there i think there's a, a, a the, the there's a different kind of affection i think for a grandparent than there is for a parent what do you think uh, no there i completely agree with you because of course, every day I started uh, a retail job two weeks ago, but oh. every day I, uh, I come home, I tell my parents about my day, but then I talk to my grandmother on the phone. She lives in Texas. Uh, I talk to my grandmother on the phone for at least 30 minutes to an hour each day when I get home from work. So <laughs> it's just, it's that special bond. So... Oh. And you know that, and you know that speaks to something else. I mean, you you know, you're talking about learning things from older people, but us older people, we learn a lot of things from you people too. I mean, I mean, you are like our window back to our own youth, uh, and and it's it's that's why that's one reason I love TikTok is because there's so many young people on there. Um, I really feel like I know the world much better now than I did last year uh, because I'm seeing it now through a whole different set of eyes. Um, see, I was really step, uh, skeptical. Yeah. I'm, I, I wasn't sure about getting TikTok at first. I got it right as everybody went into quarantine. So <laughs> I wasn't sure at first. I said, oh, I'm going to have it for like a day. I'm going to delete the app. But no, I've had it ever since. I haven't deleted the app once and I've had a blast with it. So mm-hmm. yeah, it, it, it's like any tool. It depends on how you use it. I mean, there are some very good, clean, wholesome people on TikTok. There's some uh, less savory people on TikTok, but you know, you, you, the, luckily their algorithm pretty quickly discovers who you really like and who you dislike, and they'll steer you towards more of what you like, which so, you know, I mean, my, my list of people that I follow is filled with a lot of young people with stories about their retail experience or their customer service experience. Cause that's where I'm learning so much. Uh, I follow several people who are in, young people who are in radio to, because they are showing me things that, wow. And I'm thinking that's what it's like now. That's incredible. Uh, so, you know, it, it, it's, TikTok can be a very fun place if you control it. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's like anything there. It has its, it's bad areas, but it's like any city, basically, if you think about it that way. Sure. Like Memphis has its bad areas, but it also has its wholesome good areas. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And, and yeah, and, and way back in the day, America Online, AOL was the same way. When, it, when I, I joined AOL way back when it was basically just getting started. And it was the, it was the Wild West. I mean, nobody knew quite what to expect. But you quickly discovered, okay, I can go here, I can go here, but I shouldn't go there, and definitely don't want to go there. <laughs> <laughs> but um, uh, I think I think we have a few more minutes. I just want to tell you, thank you for doing this. You've always uh, the last couple months, I've looked up to you and your videos, so thank you. Well, I, listen, JW, I have to tell you, I am I am so proud of you for doing 
a podcast like this? I mean, you were getting, you know, at, at, at such a, a young and, and enthusiastic age, getting into a track. I mean, I, I don't expect you to do a podcast the rest of your life. In fact, I don't even know if there will be podcasts 10 years or 20 years from now. But what you're doing is, is really putting yourself out there and, and, you know, you're stretching your own boundaries and you're thinking outside the box, as they always say, and, and doing something creative and fun and that's advancing yourself and putting yourself out there. That takes courage. Uh, and so I admire you for that. Uh, thank you. Thank you very much. Uh, I hope that we could stay connected through TikTok and everything. So, absolutely, and and you know, I in fact, I will if if you will allow me, I'll give my email address. The the it's grandpa at heardeverything dot com, uh, and I would encourage you to stay in touch. Any of your listeners to stay in touch, uh, and of course, I'm on TikTok. My username heard everything. Uh, I'm also on Instagram, heard everything, uh, and I also have a YouTube channel, which is not fully developed yet but a lot of people have been saying oh you got to do youtube you got to people have said oh you got to read us bedtime stories i actually got a couple of bedtime stories on youtube but that's <laughs> and on youtube i'm now i've heard everything which is the name of my podcast is that enough self-promotion <laughs> <laughs> well I, I was gonna ask you if there was anything else that you wanted to talk about before we uh before we log off and actually that is a great question I learned very early on when I was interviewing celebrities that I couldn't possibly know every question they wanted to answer. So I, I started asking at the end of each interview, I would say, look, is there anything else that you wanted to add? Anything you wanted me to ask you that I didn't ask you? And about a third of the time, one of my best sound bites came from that question because it turns out, yes, they had something else that they wanted to, to answer if I just asked the right question. <laughs> so, so yeah, always, always at the, if, if you get the chance, always at the end of the interview, say, is there anything else? Did you want to, did you want, is there a question you wanted me to ask you that I didn't? Uh, anything else that you wanted to mention? Cause you'll get some really good stuff. Well, thank you. Um, and thank you everybody who listened and go listen to now I've heard everything. Did I say that correctly? <laughs> it indeed. Yep. Yep. <laughs> now I've heard. Now I've heard everything. It's on Spotify and what pretty much anywhere that you could listen to podcasts. Correct. Yeah. Uh, app, Apple, Google, uh, iHeart, uh, Spotify. Uh, there, there's several. I think Stitcher. There, there's several others. Uh, pretty much wherever you would listen to a podcast, you can find. Now I've heard everything. Sounds great. Thank you, Bill, for coming on the show, and I hope you have a great day. Oh, thank you so much for having me. You too. Awesome. Thank you.